We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rockpile Report with Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in X's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Everybody to another edition of the Rock Pal Report podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder Drew Gear. That's my producer Chris Krueger in studio with us tonight, Mr. Iman Azizi from Q42 Barbecue. It's great to be here, Mr. Gear. <laughs> it's great to be here. Uh, real, real serious <clears throat> circumstances, you know. Oh, yeah. Ser- serious business that we have to get down to, guys. And we are here talking about the Bills' first preseason game. Guys, before we get into that, I just I, I kind of have a I, I have a thing. Now, Iman, you are fantasy football agnostic. Yeah, I can't. I, I don't want nothing to do with it anymore. Okay, so what happened to you? Like, what happened to you in your life that you said to hell with this? So in high school, I had the board game for fantasy football. This was 94, 93. Oh, holy shit. And I ran a league out of the, at the lunch table. And it would take till Wednesday to get the scores because, like, Marion Butts would run for 90 yards on a Sunday night. And I couldn't get the scores out of the Carroll County Times till Tuesday because the game ended too late. So it was like a four-day job of waiting for the Pacific games. So that like put a gave me a bad taste. Then I get older, and now it's all on Yahoo, and that's exciting. <laughs> wait, and, wait, wait. Y- Yahoo? Uh-huh. We used Yahoo. Chris, in terms of fantasy football engines, you want to power rank them for me? Yeah. Simple. Number one. Yahoo. Second, and a distant second, everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) We used something called, like, My Fantasy League, MFL or MPFL for a little while. That was all nerdy. I hated that thing. But I I played with guys who were really serious about it, and we do a draft that would take four hours because they would sit there and just, ah, with every pick. Like, we've been here three hours. 
I'm taking Roscoe Parish. Let's if, go. If you're doing drafts in person, you have to be drinking. You yeah. have to. Chris, true or false? Because the booze acts like a lubricant. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you hit a spot by round eight or nine where no one gives a shit anymore, and you just start. It's the clock goes, and you look at it, and you go. It, it we had a rule in my, one of my leagues uh, that I did with uh, Dick Dollars, Rick Money. Oh, yeah. I did his league, and I implemented this rule because Derek fell asleep at the draft. If you fall asleep at the draft, we don't wake you up, and we just start drafting kickers for you. <laughs> that that was like a rule that ah, we implemented. Ah. The other thing I love about the non-sober draft is that you always get the one guy, right? The guy whose just draft is going terribly. Mm-hmm. It's not going well for him. And he just... he I, It happens at least once a year. You get the guy who's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm stupid, stupid like a fox, and decides, I'll start the run on kickers, or I'll start the run on defenses early. I know. I'll The running back board, the ones that are left, like there's a couple good ones, and then it's like the bottom tier. I know. To force one or two of them back to me, I'll draft a defense and see if a couple people don't panic draft them. And then inevitably no one does. But that's the byproduct of booze. Mm-hmm. It gives you the confidence to dance in public. It gives you the confidence to sing karaoke. And it gives you the confidence to make terrible fantasy football decisions. Yeah, we, we didn't have a lot of booze at ours. It, it's a long story. But <laughs> that also played into why I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> exactly. I picked Neil Rackers in the sixth round, I believe, once, just because I was so pissed off at the whole thing. Yeah. No, I've done that where I've just I, I've Hindenburg mm-hmm. because I've been drunk and angry. So fantasy football, it's back. <clears throat> and honestly, I couldn't I'm I'm almost getting to where you are. Now I run a league. I participate in another league. Our listeners are very upset that we aren't bringing back fan at Rockpile Fantasy for another season because I just don't I just don't care. I can't force myself to give a shit about fantasy. Who loves anymore. the guy at the bar who screams that guy's on my fantasy team? Like who who likes that guy? I can't take it. I got beat up by some of my friends once during a game. I'll never forget it. it the Bills playing the Redskins and it was the early two thousand. You had to go back to like two thousand three, two thousand four, two thousand five, and that like that era of the Bills. And Chris Cooley was on my fantasy team, and we were playing against him, and he was just massacring our linebackers. He had like nine catches, ninety something yards. He had a touchdown, and here I am like. The Bills are losing, so it doesn't matter. I'm celebrating. And everyone's just getting angrier every time I get happy about something Chris Cooley does, and they all turned on me like rabid dogs. <laughs> <laughs> like, it finally just, the, the tide turned against me. <laughs> it wasn't great. So that, that, that's where the rule got initiated. You cannot root for your fantasy players out loud if they're playing the Bills. Yeah, that's just poor, poor porch taste. And realistically, I'm just tired. I'm old. My interests have changed. I care less and less about things in general. Fantasy football is quickly becoming one of them. Like, guys can nerd out over this stuff. Greg Thompson's in a hundred leagues. Jesus Christ. I'd rather just gamble on, like, first touchdown score. Yes! Get my fix. Chris, wouldn't you rather just roll the dice? Like, literally, I would rather go play craps. I don't know how he does that. I have one fantasy team. It's a dynasty team. And that takes up too much of my time. Yeah. It's it. Like, guys, to each their own. Like, the NFL is back, it, it, which <laughs> we'll get into, but fantasy football is back. It's fantasy football season, and I could just can't force myself to give a shit less. 
Guys, preseason week one preview. Buffalo Bills were seen Indianapolis Colts. The time, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard on a Saturday? Yeah. These Saturday games, like, all the, the preseason football schedule is weird. Like, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. Chris, at some point tonight, can we get the, uh, the well, what is there, a Patriots game on? Probably. Can we get that on somewhere so we can hate watch that? Uh, the place for this game is Ralph Wilson Stadium. The weather is going to be rain with a chance of thunderstorms. Perfect. Perfect day for kids' day, right? Oh, yeah. And potentially rain delays. Can you imagine a more miserable place to be on Earth than stuck in a Bills concourse during a lightning delay with yelling children? Yeah. Well, I was at that Packers game where it was 100 degrees, the preseason game, and just people passed out in the concourse from the heat, stroke, and drinking all day. That was interesting. Jesus Christ. Wasn't worth it. No! Are you going Saturday? No, I gave gave my tickets away. We have gifted our tickets away. Couldn't get rid of those things fast enough. Yeah, preseason football makes me angry. Gets, <laughs> then all the talking heads use it to make talking head things all week that mean nothing. Well, that's it, guys. Football is back, <clears throat> right? Football's fine. Chris, how many times have you seen it? Football's finally back. Preseason week one before the Hall of Fame game. Pre-football's back. Here's a, Bruce Nolan has a whole bit about football being back, and it's genius. It's this idea of he's like... The first time you get that email from CBS Sports, it's like, it's d- like the draft thing. Hey guys, football's back after the Super Bowl. Football, it it kind of feels like Applebee's when they advertise the ret- the return of endless apps. Mm-hmm. No one gives a shit. You would have given it to me if I asked nicely enough. It didn't actually go anywhere. Stop celebrating it like it's supposed to. Like Chris, what is that? That's like an advertising mechanism, right? That's supposed to like what do they call that? Fomo. Well, you, got, you got a little FOMO. You got a little like, oh, nostalgia. It's back. Are you trying to build like? Are you trying to like build value somewhere here? Like, well, what are you trying to do by announcing every time I turn around that football's back, even though it never left? It, it just it's to get people who don't pay attention to pay attention again, and <laughs> it's just it's just simple marketing. It's there's nothing cool about it. It's like if you guys took a three month hiatus and then you can say Rock Pile is back. Chris, can we? No. <laughs> Contractually, we cannot do that. Well, we'll see about that. We have a meeting with Ty Windich. We'll see what happens contractually with who. <laughs> <laughs> like your banner ads are just Drew Gear's head popping up. Drew is back. <laughs> Drew is back. <laughs> that shirtless picture of me flexing in the parking lot. <laughs> Drew is back. Just do it 2005 style. Throw some Val Venus music behind mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that's right, guys. A wrestling reference. I, I, I'm, I am capable of them. I mean, realistically, though, if guys are wearing your football team's jersey and they're sort of on a football field, that's the thing, right? I guess. I mean, I guess we could call it that. Yeah. All right, you jerks. Football is back, I guess. Bill's football is officially back. This is the first time they've touched a field. <sighs> Don't you think that they should save that for week one of the regular season? Yeah. I feel yeah. like you're kind of shitting all over the value of what we, like, I don't know. You're building fake value into something that is, like, oh my god, football's back, and then all these people are going to run excitedly into the stadium to watch Matt Barkley skip balls across the field to some fifth-string running back that's not going to make the team. Mm-hmm. Some opposing defender is going to have two sacks, and everyone's going to go, oh my god, that guy's amazing, and then he'll be cut and then he'll be on the Bills practice squad in three Brandon weeks. Riley. 
Yeah, Brandon Wright. <laughs> How many other... So before the kickoff of this game, who... Jaquiz Rogers. Who are some of the biggest preseason all-stars that never actually made a play for the Bills that you can think of? Because this is what I want to prepare ourselves for mentally. This is what... It's what we're looking for, but also what we're not looking for. Didn't Kevin Kolb have a great preseason? He slipped on a mat. Kevin Cobb killed himself in training camp. Like, yeah. literally slipped on a mat, and that was the end of his career. He had a good good little run there. Um uh, I remember the Sims kid threw a ball backwards. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty great. Um, who else? Who are some of the players you remember having good camps that everybody like? Naaman Roosevelt? People oh, like, yeah. oh, how come that yeah. guy? Uh, if you guys listen to Greg the Sports Bully, there's fucking, what did he say? Uh, was it Andre Lee Jr., linebacker, whatever? Who's the, who's the kid? He was like, oh, well, if you gave that guy the same amount of playing time as Tremaine Edmonds, he'd make way more splash plays. It's like, from what? Who was the guy from the Virginia preseason? Tech? The Virginia Tech running back. Blackwater? Is that Blackshear. Blackshear. Hey, that pissed me off. He went on to play for Carolina and mm-hmm. scored rushing touchdowns in back-to-back games. Yep. He looked really effective. I don't know where the hell he is now. Can you give that a goog? Who? Raheem Blackshear. You want to you tell me where he is right I now? I think he's on a roster. I'm sure he is. He might still be in Carolina, given how they he used is. him last year. Damn. He is. Still with Carolina. So this is one of those things, like, you'll have these... How, who, was, who was the latest rugby player to not you know what make the, the NFL? You know what? what was his name? Christian... Uh, uh, Christian Wade. Christian Wade. When he ran that thing back for yeah. a touch... When he had that, touch, that first touchdown, and everybody made such a big deal about it. Yep. It's like, guys... It's a rugby player in the preseason. Who's guy's never really touching a football. The big wide receiver had a few catches in the Texans playoff game. What was it? Duke? Not yeah, Duke Williams? Yeah, Duke Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he doesn't play anywhere. Nope. No, it's just all these preseason all-stars. So let's, first of all, let's all make a pact together that we're not going to overreact to anything Nothing. we see here. Correct? Correct. Yeah. All right, are we in? Wait. Guys, you listening to this at home, you better be in. I will be checking, all right? Like this, I will be checking in on you to make sure that, it, and I know who you are, some of you, because you're like me. You like to get drunk and overreact to things. I'm telling you now, let's make a pact, you and me. We're in this together. No overreactions. Now, with that said, here's what I am looking for. First of all, Chris, the most interesting thing of the entire game isn't even in a Bills uniform. Anthony Richardson is going to start the game for the Colts, and... Chris has just a hard-on for this Anthony Richardson betting line for his under-over for yardage for the season. Yep, 2,600.5 yards passing is the over-under for Anthony Richardson. Hammer the over. And why are you hammering the over? Because he's got Shane Steichen, who he had uh, Herbert early when he was uh, QB coach in L.A., then he went to Philadelphia. We see what he did with Jalen Hurts. Pretty sure he's going to be able to do something similar to Anthony Richardson. But with 2,600 and a half being the over-under, just to break it down in a 17-game season. So the odds makers are telling you that the Panthers are going to average a, or the Colts are going to average 152 yards passing for the season. To, in in the NFL today, it's a passing league. 
that seems to make no sense. Okay. That's why I would take the over. <clears throat> Here's the one thing I'll throw at you, and it's why I can't wait to see this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The depth chart for the Indianapolis Colts is not great. When you look at their wide receivers and their skill players, Jelani Woods, I remember when he was drafted, everyone thought he was going to explode. Maybe th this might be the Jelani Woods coming out party because he's a big athletic tight end that everyone's sleeping on. You know, if you care about fantasy football, he's a he's a name I keep. You know, I just started looking at fantasy football research. He's a name I, I keep seeing because they go, well, if this quarterback in this system, that tight end could be very, very, very effective. Otherwise, there is nothing to like about this skill position group. They've already lost Michael Pittman Jr., for their number one wide receiver, for the season for his gambling addiction. Don't gamble from the fucking facility. They know where you are. The FBI is watching. The sports books. Everyone's watching where you are at all times. They got McKenzie, though, man. They yeah, they've got it. So that's it. They've got Alec Pierce, Isaiah McKenzie, and then a whole bunch. Oh, good. Brashad Perryman's here. Yeah. I remember when he got drafted 10 years ago and people thought he was going to be fucking sweet. So I'm interested to see how Richardson looks with that group of skill players because it's going to tell you a lot about how talented he is, right? Mm -hmm. You don't think... You watch Josh... Wait, hold on, hold on. You don't think Shane Steichen can scheme up to get Isaiah McKenzie open? <laughs> You can get him open, Chris. That's that's almost never been the problem. Is is the turf monster going to get him again? Is is he going to hang on to the football? Well, they they seem kind of messy up the, up there in Indianapolis too with Ursay kind of Ursay and things. That Ursay's Ursay is a Ursay is gold. Yeah. All right, like guys, just do me a favor. Go back through his just just Google Ursay weird or say offensive tweets he's hilarious you want to tell me that guy's still not sometimes in the bag ah, if chris he uses his twitter like i would use mine if i won the powerball all right <laughs> that's all i'll say i'll let you guys go find him on your own but i'll tell you what it's amazing i go see yeah and so when you look at the state of that franchise you go how did they get here Right? Like, you went from generational quarterback tanking on purpose into another one. Chris, didn't they almost do what the Sabres did? Like, you tanked to get the greatest prospect you thought you could get your hands on, 
and in reality, it blew up in your face, and now you're just you've been in the dumpster for a while. Yeah, yeah, you got second best, and it didn't work out, and then you traded them, and then they win the Stanley Cup. Peyton Manning is the only quarterback who beat the Colts being such a terrible franchise thing. Think of think of Jeff George. They always had these stud quarterbacks, and they always fail. That's why Jeff George was not a stud. He was a he <laughs> out of college. He was a stud in the Pro Football Magazine that you got at the hot the Seven uh, Eleven. That was the way you had to get your football news back then. Very very highly rated. I like how Iman talks, like when he says things like, well, back then, that's how you get, he's, he's like an old, like, page 42 right he, here, says he's Jeff like George. An, he's like an old 49er. He, he's like this old guy who went out to go mine them hills for gold. <laughs> and he's just over here espousing his aged wisdom, his, his sage wisdom. I just remember over. how hyped Jeff George was. He was supposed to be this, like Todd Marinovich on the, on the Raiders. Todd Marinovich. Holy that shit. That <laughs> That Marinovich thing is crazy if you watch this 30 for 30. How his, like, dad. All, his. This is what. His dad is what Baby Gronk's dad is now. He started all of it. Because, like, uh, what? He didn't have McDonald's until he was in his 20s. Yeah, he was He, like, robo. genetically. Uh, went through everything. He, like. He, he grew up Spike from the Little Giants. Sure. Well, like, he could only eat certain things, and he was, like, designed by his dad from a young age. And then all of a sudden, he decided, oh, wait, skateboarding and surfing is fucking cool. Oh, so is coke. Awesome! (laughs) Weed and cocaine are amazing! And he grabbed him with both hands and took off to the beach, and you never saw him again. Well, not to get off, but think of all the good quarterbacks the Colts have had and how they've screwed it up every time except Peyton Manning. That's actually pretty accurate. Even so, so, Chris, now, that almost makes me want to fade your bet. The other thing I'm interested to see about Anthony Richardson is, historically, our defense has done pretty well against running quarterbacks. We, outside, like, a, a fingertip grab from Zay Jones away from beating the Carolina Panthers the first time we played Cam Newton when he was still, like, fading, but in his, like, ish prime. Like, he was, he was on the downside, but he was still pretty good. That game, we played him there. Then there was the, you know, we've done, even though like we lost to Lamar Jackson when we played him in 2019, but then we beat him in the playoffs and we beat him again last season. We seem to do well against running quarterbacks, quarterbacks who are mobile, who kind of rely on moving the pocket and getting outside and making plays with the legs. We do well against those quarterbacks because we lose on we lose always on chunk pass plays. Yeah, that's how we always lose. And that's so why you, so the Bengals killed us. Yeah. So if you can't generate that. Then we do well. Like if we, mm-hmm. hey, we we can't move you off your spot, but if you move off your spot, eh. so I'm interested to see how this defense reacts to this quarterback at this point where they are. They're obviously not going to be playing with a lot of starters, but philosophically, do the bones of what our defense used to be still exist without Leslie Frazier? The only thing to watch Saturday is who's at MLB. Who's MLB? Well, and this is it. So this is if we're turning to the Bills. I think it's the inactives first right off the bat. Mm -hmm. That's going to bring a lot of focus on the depth chart, right? By announcing that Diggs, Allen, and a bunch of other key players are already going to be sitting on the sidelines, it's safe to assume that this game isn't going to incorporate a lot of the first-team offense or defense. Now, a lot of people would hear that and go, well, this is a snooze fest. I don't give a shit about what the depth chart says or who is and who's out, who's it. 
But to me, it means a lot because it tells you how seriously you should be taking some of these competitions throughout the next two games or whether or not you can just lock one up and say, hey, that's the guy. They've already made a decision. So the like certain players are going to get benched and it's going to tell you something. Other times it might be a little bit murky. And I, there's some I can fine tune this for you, though. Dalton Kincaid. Mm-hmm. I expect him to play with the first group and come off the field. You know what I expect? What? I expect for you, as you can see right here, I expect you going forward to spell his name correctly. Nope. It's a hockey all over again. (laughs) K-I-N-C-A-D-E. Nope. I think autocorrect got me, but either way, I don't give a fuck. There's There's no way autocorrect works with people's names. It is if you're... You have someone who you know whose name is Kincaid, and you saved them <clears throat> your things because you were tired of it showing the red line every time you write that person's name. iPhones used to turn my name into Salmon. <laughs> <laughs> so my buddy Cooper still you're calls gonna, me Salmon. I was going to say, you know I'm going to... Oh, that's coming back. <laughs> salmon is easy. Holy shit. <laughs> what I want to see out of Dalton Kincaid is this idea that, like, He's going to be playing, but are they playing him in lieu of some of the slot? Like, I expect Deontay Hardy to sit based on what they invested in him and where, you know, the way the team has talked about him. I'm assuming he is our, like, the front runner at slot. I don't know, but I'm assuming. I expect that Kincaid's going to take some of those reps, and he's going to take a little bit of that, at least in the early goings, just to see him up against other players who aren't all pro linebacker Matt Milano <laughs> and yeah. who aren't the guy, you know, Teron Johnson and who aren't these high end players that we have on defense. Cause Knox is probably going to sit. Correct. I would think so. I would think so. Chris, right. You're not going to risk him now. No. Okay. And I expect Morris to do a lot more of the inline tight end activity. And by the second half, what you're going to see, and this is another point that I'm looking at. There is a battle here to be had between Quentin Morris and Jay Sternberger. And it just depends on, I think the preseason is going to do a lot for both those players. Where'd Sternberger come from? He was drafted by the Saints and then, or Green Green Bay, Bay. and then went to the Saints. And then we now have him on our team. He's one of those players who was drafted as less of a blocker, more of a wide receiver type. So it depends on what you want out of your He never played for the Saints. I don't know why you think that. I think they had him, they had him in for camp. All right. Well, either way. Because he didn't play in 2021. So he was on their roster for training camp when he left Green Bay. We'll do a double check on that. We'll go to. Take a look at it. Take a look at his Wikipedia. Wikipedia. I I don't know why, but I. I, Citation needed. No. Nothing? Just Green Bay and then out of the league in Green Bay, Seattle practice squad. Okay, Seattle. Washington football team. Steelers practice squad. Why did I think the Stallions? Who's the Saints tight end? Then they they that they picked up Jeremy Shockey. No, I remember people talking about him like last year, like he was supposed to be something, and then he never made the football team. Ah, well, you know what? He didn't make the football team for a reason. Yeah. Well, in any event, he he was the USFL Player of the Year. I mean, he looked like a man playing with boys. So they're giving him a shot. Realistically, he's more wide receiver than inline blocker. You need a tight end who can block. <laughs> so with that, I think Quentin Morris has the leg up. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, though, who brings what to the preseason, because yeah. I think that could dictate who makes the roster. That's where Morris this... started to make plays at the end of the last year. He, he did, and he's a, he's an athlete. He's got a high RAS score. He's 
he's, he's the pride he's, of Bowling Green. He's got a year. He is, and he's got a year in the system already. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to be interesting to see how that plays out. He was one of my favorite beta bets for first time score. He'd always he, be like five thousand to one. He, he, he's he, your Dylan Dube. Oh yeah, can't wait for that to come back. <laughs> Dylan's going to be a team leader this year. So the other thing I'm looking at in terms of who's active, who's not, cornerback two. Like mm-hmm. I don't. Trey White's not going to see the field. I'd like to think that whoever has the inside track on the starting job across from him is also not going to be on the field. But, like, maybe that's foolish to think. It'll be more important to see who's still playing when the second half rolls around. So if it's Christian Benford coming out of the halftime, you go, Ooh, okay, well, that tells me a little bit of what I need to know about where they see the depth chart. I don't care how they play. I'm looking at what does the team think about them? Because I think that that's what fans, like we talked about, people falling in love with these guys who ultimately don't matter. That's what does it. They watch the game on the field, and they're looking at it less from a perspective of what does this tell me about the team's philosophy? Because these are the coaches who are in the meetings. They're at practice. They see what these players do physically. They almost, it's not that they don't need to see it on the field, but they're using the field kind of the way we use our tailgates, as a test kitchen. Hey, we have an idea. Let's see if this idea works, because we also have an idea of what's actually going to work. But we Mm want to test this first. And that's the NFL preseason. And so with that in mind, you're talking about putting out who you think can be a good supplemental corner cornerback. If they make whoever they make an active, Chris, if there's two, like if it's Trey White and Dane Jackson, then you can take, mad as you might be, you can take that away. They think Dane Jackson's more valuable yeah. than the other two. And they want to see those guys play a little bit to try to elevate their opinions about them. So whoever is starting and taking reps, pay attention to that. It's going to tell you a lot about what the team thinks. And then there's this big exception with Bates and Torrance. Everyone's talking about this battle and how, well, if, if, if Bates goes out there for the first series, then he's the starter. I don't know, because ba- hasn't Bates been playing like backup Center yeah. two, yeah. He's been playing with the twos as a center. He they they've been rotating those two. I wouldn't be surprised if both of them play. Not only that, but I want Torrance on the field for most of the game. So if they decide to fade him at the front and then play him quarters two, three, and four, or maybe just two and three, I don't know. I don't care. This kid needs every snap he can get. I mean, given the way his camp is gone and his status as a rookie, I would be shocked if they took him off the field. Mm-hmm. He is raw in pass protection. We talked about it in our last show. He needs all the seasoning he can get, specifically when the guys playing behind him are of limited value to the franchise. <laughs> that's, that's the big caveat there, Chris. You want a guy that you can put a guard out there and say, hey, go protect this guy. And if you get him killed on a bad pass rep, we're not going to say it doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> if you get Kyle Allen murdered... On Saturday, no one's going to hold it against him. Yeah. You're no. learning. Yeah. We understand this. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know. Like, you watch what he's shown. He can win against some of the smaller players like a, uh, a Boogie Basham because his combination of a little bit of speed, but also just his sheer size against a lighter player, he wins because he just uses his leverage. But against defensive tackles, who have foot speed he has or power he has really really struggled in pass bro mm-hmm. I want to see him go up against like okay so but, but also you think about Chris we have some very good defensive tackles don't we 
Allegedly. This is what I talk about all the time, is you also have to take into account competition. Spencer Brown looks like he's having terrible days, but he's going against a pretty competent group of DNs. And his back. Well, he looks like he's in some of the best shape of his life. So allegedly, like, allegedly, he's dancing. He's doing all. He's hitting the gritty for the kids at training camp today. His camp was ending, which I still don't understand. Why is that dance popular, Chris? What happened to us? When did the gritty become a thing? Like what? What are these TikTok dances? It's like, oh, well, this is the newest dance trend, and it's just a bunch of idiots going. Bring back the Macarena at this point, if that's what we're going to do. At least that you could do on rollerblades, and it was fun. I'm glad people stopped doing the thing where they point at words to tell you starky things. And they're tick- like, that was a whole thing for three, three years. I hate that you know that. Yeah. I hate it so much. Why are you on TikTok, then, if you No, I'm not. You just see these things. That was, and when I was working in the agency world, I had to look at these things. That's true. Like someone with a smug look on their face pointing at words that tell you something interesting. Is it interesting, though? No. No. <laughs> Chris, we should get a TikTok, if only to just ruin TikTok. Mm, no, when uh, we get a new president, and by president, I mean Ron DeSantis, TikTok will be banned in the United States. <sighs> Are you... I, I just, <laughs> I'm going to need more of this 100-proof whiskey. 101. It's 101. That's the, that's the turkey middle finger to the government. It's the turkey middle finger to the government. They're like, oh, you think you can cap us? Yep. See you that's, in hell. They go one over. Well, and so that's so. So getting back to Torrance, I just want to see him go up against a group of players who are more to his skill set. Who, when he's playing these backups, a lot of them aren't going to be NFL veterans. At least not high level starters the way our group of defensive tackles is. And I want to see how he fares. I was specifically in that pass protection setting. like, And I also kind of want to see what it looks like when they do put him in for run blocking purposes. Do you look adequate against starters? Mm-hmm. If the Colts if the Colts don't play, I mean, because I'm assuming the Colts will not play their starting D tackles. I don't think DeForest Buckner is suiting up. No. I just don't see that. It would be cool to see the two of them go, even if only it meant that Matt Barkley would get his lunch eaten at least once. <laughs> Like, I'd still like to see what that looks like. I want to see how he looks when they do go to run fits and whether or not he looks like he belongs on a starting NFL line in that capacity. Because as long as he can nail that down, we can grow your pass pro. But if you can't run block, like Cody Ford was touted as this guy who could do it all. He failed at both. He was a terrible run blocker and a terrible pass protector. At least show me that you are high level at something. Mm-hmm. And then we'll work from there. Like, that's it. And then, Chris, the backup quarterbacks. You know, here I am talking about Barkley getting his lunch eaten. We touched on, I don't, I don't know if touched on, laid into it in our last podcast, uh, about the Bills' backup quarterback position coming out of training camp. I mean, to call it a disappointment is like saying that my teeth need a little bit of adjustment. Matt Ryan's out there. Nope, he's gone. Oh, who got him? CBS. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine looking around the NFL at the quarterback, like the teams that might need a backup and going, you need this guy right here. Oh, Carson. Dear God. Colt shorts. I'm not talking Redskins about that again. Redskins jersey. We're, Eagles helmet. That's, we're, we're not doing this. We're not doing this again. 2013 Bills right there. We're, we're not doing this again. Barkley lacking arm talent. Kyle Allen, by all accounts, just has a terrible decision making. 
and he a lot of turnovers. I've watched him botch snaps left and right. Just really ugly, ugly things going on when Kyle Allen is under center, and that can't happen on a Sunday. This right here. This right here. That's the whole list. I know. We talked about nine, it. Nine we t- people. We talked about it in our last podcast. I know. So so this is it. I'll take Chase Daniel. So, so watching he, so watching the backup quarterback performance on Saturday is going to be of twofold importance. First of all, for any of our players, like our skill players, to show that they have any kind of a like, hey, we want to showcase that we have talent. We're in a competition for them. This position has to land. Those guys have to carry their weight. Because otherwise, this TE2 competition we're talking about, this slot rotation that's developed, slot receiver two, three, whatever, if they want to show that they could be a potential starter or that they deserve a larger snap share, they need competent quarterback play in order to put that on the field. And that's why I say that this is kind of a test kitchen. It's not the be-all, end-all. Because no smart coach would say, hey, I know I have two bums as backup quarterbacks. I'm going to let them make my decisions for me as to who's good and who's not. They already know they're using this as a litmus test for different ideas that they have. Like, Kyle Allen is the player I expect to get the starters reps with Barkley getting second half action. Like, And if they can't, then I don't, it's going to raise a lot of eyebrows as to what the hell this team is going to do before week one to ensure that if Josh Allen misses any time... It's not an immediate nothing burger of a football game. Do we have a fourth string? No, we only have those three. Oh. And for everybody thinking like, oh, you're making too much of this. Here's the he, uh, here's a stat. Last year, 22 different teams had to turn to a backup quarterback for at least one game during the regular season. That's more than two-thirds of the NFL. And there were three backup quarterbacks playing in the wild card round. Tyler Huntley, who almost won. Skylar Thompson, who almost won, and Brock Purdy, who did win. Like, three backup quarterbacks were required to play in the first round of the playoffs. We probably should have played Keenum at least once last year. And, yeah, you could argue that that, like that Cleveland game, where everyone's like, well, what's going to happen? The, Cle- the Vikings game was the one right after the Jets won, and then the yep. Cleveland. Yep. So, obviously, Josh Allen's built like a tank. And even injury to his UCL couldn't stop him from winning games for weeks after the injury happened. And that's good because of the 10 teams that didn't have to start a backup quarterback, all but eight, Green Bay and Detroit, made the playoffs. Health and talent are what win in the NFL. If you're talented, like if you're talented, you can win games. If you're healthy, you can win games. If you're healthy and talented, you can maybe go win a Super Bowl. The Bills found out last year, if you're talented but you're not healthy, you eventually gas out. There is a, you can only go so far on emotion, and when that's all you're running on, it peters out pretty quickly. <laughs> like that falls apart pretty fast. You don't want to keep banking on that. And Josh's brand of football does not, it doesn't lend itself to that. Like, imagine being like, hey, Josh, don't jump over that guy. Mm-hmm. Hey, Josh, don't stiff arm that cornerback as you're trying to fight for the goal line. It's not going to happen. So, unfortunately, this is where we live. They need to do better. Who was the worst Bills backup quarterback But besides the guy who didn't read the fucking playbook 
that you can think about, like that you can remember in your lifetime? Gail Gilbert. Yeah, he was pretty bad. What year was that? Nineties, early nineties. Yeah, he's got. Uh, he was with the Super Bowl teams. Let's see. There was the. When did Reich? He, Gail Gilbert was the backup to Frank Reich. Yeah. Okay, but I'm talking about QB two. Okay. Who's Who's the worst QB two you can remember? Let's see. Didn't we have Shane Matthews? Uh, that checks out. We had him. We had uh, we had Van Pelt for a while. <laughs> Todd Collins. Well, Todd Collins started. Yep. With the pill. The pill threw a lot like Barkley because he was the Pillsbury Doughboy was his nickname. <laughs> went to college with his sister. Billy Joe Holmes. <laughs> you went to college with his sister? Yeah. <laughs> was it weird? Were you like that that guy? You're related to him? She was really tiny. She was, yeah, she she was a spitfire. And he was just a fat dude? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah, my brother's kind of fat, but he's an NFL player. Okay, Alex Van Pelt, uh, owner of a 3-8 and eight quarterback record all time. Only ever, wait, 95 to 2003, Alex Van Pelt? Yeah. Wow. People like him. They like him. That's the th- that's why he's still coaching. 95, 6, 7, 8, 9, 2001, 2003. Chris, do you know Alex Van Pelt played at least one game every year? Makes sense. Every year he was on the Bills roster, he played at least one game. He's one of the best guys we had. Holy shit. <laughs> we had that guy Brown. The blood so, like In 2001, he threw for 2,000 yards. Iman, are you talking about downtown Levi Brown? There's Levi. Yes, there's Levi Brown. And then we had a guy, the Rob Johnson. He, 2001, I was in Roanoke. It was 01 or 02. We had some guy, Brown, that came from the Titans, Oilers, who was supposed to be a hot shot, and he was a big failure. <laughs> Remember that? Those were some dark days. All of, I think I've blacked out so much of this. Like, there's so much of the nuance that you... It's br- See, Travis you were, Brown. That's it. Travis Brown. Yep. Jesus That guy Christ. wasn't very good. A lot of upside in the Shout magazine didn't pick out. <laughs> Do you remember Thad Lewis? Oh, yeah. He was awesome. There's, For the time. Guys, plug... If you have children in the car, please turn the radio down. Um, if you... A buddy of mine was at the game where Thad Lewis was like... Like bringing the Bills back against Cincinnati, like forced overtime, and then the Bills losing overtime, but everyone's all fired up. And then he went on to like, did he beat Miami the next week? Yeah. And let me go see what year was that. Sixteen. Uh, I was still 15? with Brittany. I was still with my ex, Brittany. So it had to be twenty thirteen, fourteen. It was somewhere in there because I, I remember watching him at that. St. Louis bar he's always go to. Chris, what what year? That, you know what? Here we go. Thad, Thad Lewis. Lewis is Thad Lewis. It seems like it was twenty fourteen or fifteen. I think he predates the podcast. I'm pretty sure he does too because I remember getting drunk with Potter on a couch while his ex girlfriend yelled at him and I laughed hysterically during a game of him playing the Saints. Thomas Lewis. No. Boo. Thaddeus Lewis. Thad Lewis. Pro football reference. I think it's the next one down. Thaddeus Lewis. Sportsreference.com. No, but this is college stats. I want to see Thad Lewis in the NFL. 2013. 2013? Yeah. Put that up there for me. Right there. Okay, so so pull up his game logs, if you can, where it says more Lewis pages. The, the thing at the top. Right there. 
Or it says game logs. 2013 game logs. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Buffalo versus Cincinnati. So there it is. Week six. Week six, a loss. A field goal loss in overtime. 19 to 32. 59%. Two touchdowns. No picks. A 100 QBR. He got sacked five times. Jesus. So, yeah, Chris, scroll up. What was the score? 27-24. No, no, I want to see that breakdown by quarter. Scroll back down. There we go. Stop. Stop. Oh, the comeback. I see it. Stop scrolling. What are you doing? I'm not okay. scrolling. So Great. it was 17 Dick to 10 at halftime. It was 24 to 10 in the third. 24 to 10, and Thad Lewis scores 14 points in dramatic fashion to force overtime. 40-yard pass to Goodwin. Yeah. Scott Chandler, 22-yard <laughs> pass. So, guys, turn this down. If you have children around, understand these are not my words. These are some drunken broad in the... the so... No wonder we didn't win that game. Hockley was officiating the game. And scroll up. Scroll up. Hang on. Scroll up for me. Keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. Okay. So I wasn't there for this game. I didn't go. Instead, I was off getting into some debauchery of my own. And a buddy of mine who took my tickets, I remember him saying that he ran into some hammered girl hammered girl in the concourse during halftime and he was just like she's bombed she's like weaving on her feet and so he's like it would be funny to ask her questions about football so like i you know she's not gonna know and he goes what uh so what do you think about overtime you think we're gonna win and she goes hell yeah we're gonna win we got thick dick thad lewis on our team and he just bursts out laughing. He goes, these women are already nicknaming these people like Buffalo, Buffalonians. He goes, and he goes, if anything, that's the problem with us is that we are so quick to latch on to anything that looks better than painful mediocrity. He goes, this right here is a symptom yeah. of what's wrong with all of us. We haven't touched greatness in so long that we'll accept literally anything as the next coming of Jesus. In Todd, we trust Collins. <laughs> I love the fact that the Bills were two and four at that time. Yeah. That's crazy. Todd Collins. Jesus Christ. So with that in mind, like obviously there's a lot going on here for the backup quarterbacks. There's a lot on this. And then I don't know, Iman, like, is there anything else? I mean, the middle linebacker rotation was gonna be cool right up yeah. until uh, right up until camp today. Yeah. And then uh Bernard pulls his hamstring. Yep. So now what? Like, Balin Specter, maybe he tiki barbers his way into this thing and runs away with it. I don't know. Realistically, the coaching staff knows what it wants. I just hope it's not my nightmare scenario of Terrell Dodson, because he was an undrafted free agent for a reason. There's a reason that the team let him languish on the market for a while before resigning him, and no one else kicked the tires. Do not make him our starting quarterback, please. Yeah. But ultimately, if that's the way we got to go... Iman, what are we going to do about it? I just want to sim through this game. <laughs> I want to sim and through look, it. Just analyze the stats after. That's it. See, I don't even want to see the stats. I don't want to see the stats. I want to rewatch it when I'm bombed and just like watch the line and just point to that guy and go, hey, you're sloppy. That's fucking lame. Boo. Like, that's what I, that's how I watch football in the preseason, guys. Watch it be an eight hour rain delay game. I can't wait. 
I hopefully, hey guys, team health, right? That's the most important yes. thing. Team health, get everybody out of here. Just make sure the backups play a ton. N- nothing that ends with like nothing that ends with us having to question why. Like like the, when Doug Marone played Sammy Watkins, oh yeah, for too long and got him hurt. Let's not have one of those. As long as we do that, Chris, I really don't think win or lose anyone here cares about anything beyond this, right? No. Yeah. Perfect. All right, guys. Well, we've babbled for long enough. We will let you get out of here. Hopefully, those of you who go to the stadium stay dry. You enjoy yourselves. We'll be here next week with our first game recap of the season. I can't wait. For those of you wondering why Iman's in studio with us, it's because tonight we're recording the inaugural episode of the Always Sunny in South Buffalo podcast. This is going to be great. It's about Buffalo. It's about barbecue. It's about life. We have interviews. It's going to be the, the, the podcast that we're starting is f- I think it's fun. I think it's a fun premise. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to get you out of your shell a little bit behind a microphone. Yeah, me too. We'll see. <laughs> we will see what happens when we have a little bit more fun. Yeah. Well, and by fun, you mean whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, I de- definitely need a refill. Rain Man like definitely def- definitely need a refill. Yeah. And I can't wait for a text message from you. Hey, can you edit this? <laughs> oh, no, Chris. I'm going to edit it. Yeah, good, l- <laughs> good luck. Guys, we got to get the hell out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. That's Iman Azizi. And this has been your Rock Report. <laughs>